Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. Today we're going to do something different, and we're going to focus on our mothers. And uh, as we've been seeing through slides and interviews, we are celebrating Mother's Day and the gift that uh, God's given to us. Now think about that, and I think, well, there's a whole stack of days that are given some sort of significance on our calendar, and some of them I think I'm just not sure about some of those days. Melbourne Cup Day and Grand Final Day, some, we get a holiday for that. Well, I personally believe they're a little bit overrated to sort of make that a really special, well, maybe Grand Final Day for the footy. Particularly if Collingwood's in the grand final. That might be worth something there, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I've lost some people already. (laughs) Mother's Day is different. Mother's Day is different, though. Mothers are the unsung heroes of many, many families. And having said that, I realise also, as Caleb said before, we've had some various experiences, not so good sometimes, with mothers as well. But we want to think about uh, how God can redeem that as well. But mothers are the unsung heroes of many, many families. Their actions that help keep a family functioning and getting through the weekly activities really do go largely unnoticed. They are like the BP quiet achiever, behind the scenes, just getting the job done. Tasks that need to be done the next day very often start the night before. Mothers are planning and organising some things that need to be completed tomorrow the night before. They're just trying to think ahead. Well, they're generally trying to think ahead of their action on top of things, which can be a challenge. Mothers trying to pull together sometimes a Google calendar so that everything can just fall into place for their growing family. Susie's going over there, Jimmy's got soccer training on, Sally's got ballet on Wednesday and Stephen's home with the flu and her husband is away on a contract work site for the next three days. She's trying to pull all that together right in the middle of all that sort of crazy busy stuff that's happening and trying to get some sort of normality amongst that busyness. It's not like that every day but some of you mothers know sometimes it does get crazy busy like that at times. Some mothers can spend a lot of time feeling super tired unorganised, a long way behind the schedule and sometimes with a feeling that she's just doing a poor job as a mother. I think Emily called it before, mother guilt. They just like, and they see other people around about them and think, I'm not doing it like they're doing it. And then there is, that's the pressure of the world sometimes that we live in. It just seems to portray some mothers as totally on top of everything, particularly sometimes those ones you might see on social media. Uh, you see them there, they are juggling ridiculous timetables and you just see them turn up to every event and they are just looking a million dollars and they've got all this stuff happening and that's a pressure on us too sometimes. Don't ever be fooled by social media because you're only seeing about half a percent of their lifestyle but that's how it appears and it sends another message uh, to mothers of that way. So how does a mother cope in this world, how does a mother? Where does a mother look for hope in this world as well, amongst these challenges and these pressures? Where, what does God do for our mothers here to sustain them and keep them to carry out this really important role that He's given to mothers? Well, today I want us to look at a very significant mother of the Bible. I want to trace over the life of a very typical mother at the same time, even though she had an important part to play in the Bible. A typical mother. I want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want us to see that Mary was a typical mum who experienced life really as many mothers do. 
Uh, then I want us to see the qualities that I believe shone out of Mary by the grace of God to enable her to be the mother that she was. So come with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read um, verses uh, 26 to 38. Now you might think it's... Peter's reading this reading. These seem like Christmas narratives. Well, they sort of are, but they really it is. It's a picture of the mum. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph on the house of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favoured one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come now and uh, just look at mothers and to think about here what you did through the work of Mary. Played a very important role in the Bible, but Lord, also a typical mother. So we pray, Holy Spirit, just open our eyes up today. Uh, to see the grace that you've given to mothers and also the important role that you've given to them to carry out, to magnify and to glorify you, Lord. Uh, Father, we ask that we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, to look at Mary today, I just want to pick up some various incidents in her life. I'm not going to actually go through that sort of verse by verse, but it just sets the scene of what we're seeing about Mary, who wasn't a mother then, but she's on the beginning stage of becoming a mother uh, in that passage there. So I want to pick up some stuff today through the life of Mary, uh, and then we're going to see how God sustained her and how she responded to these things as well. Here's a few things about Mary. Uh, Mary was a nurturing mother who cared for her children. Sometimes we just tend to think of Mary and Jesus, but she had way more than that. Uh, Mark chapter 6 verses 3 to 6 tells us a little bit about Mary's family. Mary had at least seven children. We won't have the scripture for it, but you can look at that later. If you go to that passage, you'll see that that Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters, at least two sisters. Mary would have been extremely busy caring for and nurturing her demanding and growing family. I'd imagine seven kids is quite demanding. Things are happening fairly regularly and probably fairly close together, some of those kids. That's who Mary was. And really, if we think about that, that's no different today if we think about mothers. There's a nurturing role that mothers take. Whether you have a couple of children or whether you have a minivan full of children, it's still a nurturing environment that God's given there. And this can be incredibly tiring, draining. Not that I've experienced that, but I've watched it take place firsthand through my own wife caring for our children. It can be like that. 
difficult times. Mary also was a mother who was devoted to the well-being of her children as well. Uh, in Luke 2, 41, 52, that uh, Peter read uh, so well for us before, we, we find a, a vignette there or a, just a snapshot of Jesus at 12 years of age. Now, we don't see much of Jesus really until he gets to sort of 30 years of age, but here's this snapshot of Jesus at 12. It's customary at that particular time uh, for Joseph and Mary's family to travel yearly to Jerusalem uh, for the Passover feasts, which is what they did in that passage that Peter wrote. And it appears like they did this as a large community group. So maybe as they left the village, they went and travelled as a large group to make the yearly pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Spent their time there and they're heading back home now to Nazareth. They finished the Passover and they get three days into the journey and they discover that Jesus isn't with them. Now it shows you it was obviously some sort of large like communal family because, oh, well, he's probably with those ones over there. He could be with it. So it takes like three days. We haven't seen Jesus for three days. Where is Jesus? Well, with great concern, they realize maybe we left him back at Jerusalem. We left one of our daughters at church once about 20 years ago. We come in two cars, and I thought she was with her, and she thought she was with me, and we both got home and realized we didn't pick up Brianna. We left her back at church. Someone rang us, and we went back and got her anyway. So it happens. Mary was devoted. She went back to Jerusalem. We were looking for you. So we just see the snapshot here of Mary devoted. Uh, to her children it's no different today not only was it the Brianna thing with us I can remember distinctly my mother being really concerned about my sister who was in a really bad space of life at that particular time Uh, mum was really concerned one night and she's going up and down the stairs and she wakes me at like three o'clock in the morning Todd your sister's not in her bed we need to go to Shep and find out where she is my sister had taken one of our cars at 15 years of age and driven to Shepparton and their mum wakes me up and we're out there at 3 o'clock in the morning spending an hour driving around Shepparton looking for, our, for my sister. We didn't find her, but just the picture of the mum's devotion and care, she did make it back safely later on. I'll just keep the story there. But yeah, that's a picture of the devotion and care that mothers have. You know, couldn't sleep. Her daughter was missing. I've got to, I want to find out what's going on here. Uh, Also, Mary is a typical mum who dealt with things that she didn't always fully understand or fully get in life. Uh, In the passage that we read there early on, the angels came and given her this extraordinary use of this supernatural pregnancy. Uh, Mary, understandably so, was confused about this. I'm a virgin. And she says this in verse uh, 34 of chapter 1. Mary said to the angel, how how will this be? I'm confused. I'm confused. Since I'm a virgin. So there's some confusion there. And again in Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 and 15. Joseph and Mary have to flee to Egypt. They're warned in a dream that Herod wants to kill the baby Jesus. They're under threat of life. I can imagine for Mary there's a whole lot of confusion even trying to grapple with that. Do we really have to leave the village? Do we really have to leave our family and friends? Do we really have to go to Egypt? Why? Why is this happening? Confusion for Mary, just trying to grapple with those things, uh, trying to deal with life. And it's no, no different today for mothers as well. They simply sometimes don't understand what's happening in their life or what situations or circumstances are taking place. And for some mothers, I know where it starts. It starts with your husband, not with your kids. Sometimes you don't understand him. Now, you might think, what does that mean? Well, I know what I'm like sometimes. My wife says, 
you're not going to wear that today, eh? She, she, she just can't understand what I'm going to put on sometimes for clothes. It's amazing where the confusion might start there sometimes. But we do make it a bit further on than the husbands. Um, our kids. Sometimes circumstances are just challenging and we just can't seem to wrap our mind around why they're making certain decisions. Why would you choose to do that? But sometimes the mother's got to just sit back, even as the kids get older, because you can't really have the same influence into their life and say, no, you're not doing it when they get to 20 or 21 or whatever. You've just got to take your hands off. But there's still that, I'm not sure why they're making that decision. Have you really thought that through? And are you really going to do that? Mother's got to deal with that confusion sometimes. Heartache and pain is another thing that Mary went through and that also mothers go through. Mary was a typical mother who had to deal with heartache and pain. She didn't escape the tragedy of life that we all experience in some way at some point in time. The Bible would suggest to us that Mary lost her husband at some point, possibly at an early age in life as well. Again, if you go back to Mark chapter 6 and 3 and 6 there, you'll see there's mention of Mary and her children, but there's no mention of Joseph when that um, verse is written. Now, if Joseph were alive, it would have been culturally the right way to write that would be to say the husband and then list off the children's name after that. But the fact that Joseph's name is not listed there probably means Joseph has died. And if you get to the cross where Jesus calls out to John and says, hey, John, will you take Mary as your mother and vice versa? So we see there that Joseph, not on the scene, quite probably has died. So she's felt tremendous heartache just in that and now actually being a single mother and at least seven kids, possibly more, through that. Not only was that heartache and pain there of the tragedy of loss, but also the heartache and pain of the community where she lived in as well. And that heartache and pain would have come from Jesus himself. He was causing quite a stir with what he was teaching throughout the countryside. It would have been getting around that this person's upsetting the apple cart. He's actually disturbing our way of life with his penetrating truth and teaching. When I say disturbing their way of life, their comfortable, cosy way of life. As Jesus exposed the Pharisees with all their hypocrisy, it didn't go too well with Mary. I'm sure, perhaps through that pressure and the local synagogue with its scribes and Pharisees, they would have been putting pressure on Mary. Mary, can you stop your son creating so much trouble around here? That would have been there. That would have been rolling around in Mary's mind at that time. That would have caused her grief. Then also to watch her eldest son, Jesus, eventually die on that cruel Roman cross at a young age would have been a source of awful pain. That's what mothers go through. And mothers today share in this heartache and pain of life just the same that Mary went through too. Sometimes mothers will nurse their dying children or their husband to the grave. I would imagine that would be just heartbreaking to see a child die as a mother or a husband who dies and you haven't got that other support in the situation. That is sometimes the heartache and the grief that we go through. Or even, as I said before, to see our children sometimes hitting that transitional phase of about 14, 15, 16, 17, and you see them just taking a really left-field course of life. And you see the decisions they make and you see them like self-imploding on the inside with these foolish decisions. 
there's heartache and there's grief and there's pain that comes with that as you see them go through and try and navigate that time. We can feel that very same thing. You see, Mary really is a typical mother. It played an important part in carrying the Lord Jesus, but a typical mother experiencing the heartache and the challenges that mothers will face. Sure, it'll be through degrees, it'll be through seasons, but it's there, it's there. How did Mary respond in life then? How did she deal with these challenges, all these griefs, all these things that happened to her that we too will experience in some way? Now, I really want to, want to say here, I'm not holding Mary out as a super mum, okay? So don't, don't think that as if I've picked her out like that. Like she's got it all together and she's the perfect mother. But I believe there's some things here that we can see about Mary that which, which can be encouraged by as we see her work through some pretty big and confusing things. There's a source of encouragement we can receive from the life of Mary. Firstly, Mary did this. She treasured precious thoughts about her son Jesus. In Luke 2.19 we see this. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Now, this is a time after the birth of Jesus. Oh, sorry, that was um, when she was with the... Um, let me just get this right for us now. Yes, just after the birth of Jesus, sorry. I was trying to get, get my thoughts right there. Pondering these things up in her heart. This is just after the birth of Jesus. Complete strangers have come in and said some pretty amazing things about her baby son. Shepherds and angels have told her that your son is God's Messiah. That's pretty big news for her to try and take in the time. The one the nation had been waiting for. Mary pondered this. Mary treasured this. She stored this away. She thought about these things that were being uh, communicated to her. And I would no doubt probably think about this many times later in life, but certainly when she saw the fulfilment of who her son really was. Those things would come back to her mind again. And particularly when she would receive many other gracious words that God had given to her as well. You know, words of comfort, words of encouragement. She would ponder and treasure these words that God had given to her to carry her through these challenging and tough days of being a mother. She pondered those things. And today, mums, you can do the same. You can treasure and ponder the words that God has given to us through the Bible, through the scriptures. God's promises to never leave us or forsake us. Knowing that God is always with us, even at three o'clock in the morning when you're wide awake, thinking about what your son or daughter is up to. God is there. God is with us. We're not alone in those trials. When we feel like we are, we are out of control, and we are, God isn't. God's still working in that scenario. And that's a precious promise to understand. God is with you right there in those deepest trials. To know that's what God has said to you. To treasure that and to reassure yourself with the mothering that you do do for your family and for the Lord. God's with me through that. Mary also recognised that she was a creation of the creator God. Mary was totally submitted to the purposes of God. Uh, The reading we had at the start of today was a visitation there of an angel sent from God to tell Mary that she was going to have a a virgin birth. And the child you're going to have shall be called the son of the most high. Big call. In other words, Mary, your child will be the son of God. Uh, The very role of mother here created by God in his created order, I feel today, is being 
undermined by a world that has lost sight of the value of mothers and womanhood. Big time. Particularly in the last 10 years, it has actually been getting chopped down. You might say, why do I say that? I listened to this interview the other day with the uh, New Zealand Prime Minister and he was asked a question at a press conference and the question was this. Uh, Mr Prime Minister, what is a woman? Now you might think a really strange question, but that's not a strange question in today's culture. And the New Zealand Prime Minister couldn't answer that question. He fumbled and stumbled around trying to answer the question, what is a woman? And eventually said, I'll have to take that as a question on notice and I'll come back to you with an answer. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's a real simple answer, what a woman is. But he couldn't give that answer. It's a, it's a reflection of the culture we live in today, particularly with gender ideology that is moving through our culture so fast that we are losing the value of who a woman is and who a mother is. They can't answer a simple question like that. And when you lose that identity that God's created us in, you begin to chop down the value of being a mother. Well, in the culture's world, anybody can be a woman. You don't have to be a woman to be a woman. Anybody can be a woman. So therefore, well, you can probably be a mother as well. We're just losing the value of God's creation in who is a woman and a woman becoming a mother. Mary knew that. She knew that she was a creation of God. She knew who God was. Look at the way she responds there in verse 38 when she hears all those things. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary knew that she had a Lord, a sovereign Lord, a creator Lord. What a glorious response of Mary's there. What we see there is this total submission and trust to the Lord. She recognised that the angel has come from God with a message for her and she simply, quite humbly, trusts with that response. Let it be according to your word. I am a servant of the Lord. And that's what Mary demonstrates in this response here. A simple trusted submission to God as her sovereign creator and her sustainer. It's encouraging when you hear Mary just take that on and say, I don't fully understand this, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to submit myself to you humbly, Lord, in that. Mothers today, trust in God. Trust in the one who's created you. Trust in the one who's ordaining every situation and circumstance in your life. In the darkest of days, in the darkest of hours and confusion, in the loneliest of days of despair, put your trust in the one who's made you. Put your trust in the one who keeps you every moment, every day. Put your trust in the one who hears your cry, who sees your cry. Put your trust in the one who's working out all things uh, together for your good and for his glory. Put your trust in that sovereign Lord, the same one that Mary's putting her trust in there. The last response here of Mary that I find in the Bible is is an attitude of humility. Humbleness. Uh, through Mary. And I see this in a very simple verse in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. Uh, we have all the disciples who are gathered in the, in the uh, room uh, after Jesus has um, risen from the grave and gone and there's been 40 days since then. And here's what happens. They were all, and these with, with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Luke gives us this other detail here. Not without purpose, just letting us know. 
Mary and the brothers are on the scene. Here's Mary. And it looks like she's with her family praying to God. And for all we know, she may have been praying to Jesus that time. That would be totally blowing her mind. I gave birth to this guy, now I'm praying to him. And the instructions from Jesus came, wait in Jerusalem to power comes from on high. So she's trying to grapple this together, but she's praying. And probably thinking this, here's a mother who I've given birth to Jesus. I've watched him grow from a tiny baby to a mature man. And I've watched him suffer at the hands of men. She's, she's computing all of this in her mind. She's seen him be rejected and ridiculed and mocked by the religious people of her day. And she suffered all of that. And then eventually crucified by the Roman soldiers. She's taking all that into view as well. But she's also seen him rise from the grave. And she's beginning to grasp who this person is. This is more than just a son that I had 33 years ago. There's something else very significant here. Jesus is the Son of God. She's beginning to see the the lights come on with that. Who knows from all those thoughts whether maybe some thoughts of pride could have entered into Mary's heart at that time. Well, he is my son, you know. She could have quite easily stood up amongst that gathering and said that. And, And don't forget, I'm his mother. I brought him into this world. She could have had those thoughts. But we don't see that there. We actually see Mary humbly joining in with the rest of the disciples, just playing her part and praying to the Lord God Almighty. For me, it's a picture of humility. She prays to the disciples now for the work of the gospel to grow through her son. But not only her son, but now her Lord and her Saviour. It would be great to have a conversation with Mary one day, which we will. We'll get a chance in heaven to do that. How did you actually compute all that? How did, you, how did you deal with all that in your mind and just see those things happen? But that was what God was doing with her. Strengthening her, giving her the grace to be able to take that on board and then just play her part, humbly trusting and then looking to the Lord for her strength. Here's something remarkable that we, we too can demonstrate in our families. It's this humble trust before the Lord mothers. It's a a beautiful picture that we can actually demonstrate to families. And the reason I say that, because today we live in a world where there's a fatherless crisis on our hands. Very often it's the mother who's trying to keep the family together. More so in, in the world outside of the church, but sometimes inside the church too. There can be numbers of mothers who are really the only saved one there and there's a fatherless crisis on our hands. But here's a beautiful thing that mothers can do and we can support them in. To humbly trust the Lord who's who's made them and to let that be an example flowing into their children to see that's who mum trusted in. That's who mum humbly served. That sometimes can be a remarkable testament that God will use to soften and turn hearts around. That day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, humbly trusting in the Lord and seeing that worked out through a loving mother through all those challenges. So we, we're meant to be encouraged today by Mary, encouraged by God's grace given to her to sustain her through those challenges and ask for an example to see and to say, Lord, could I do that? Could I be that mother? You know, when I feel defeated or overwhelmed or when I feel worthless and worn out or when I feel empty and emotionally beat up with the mother guilt and everything else that comes with it, Lord, could I be like Mary just to humbly walk before you and trust in your goodness, whatever the situation may be? 
It's a beautiful picture here because it's the same God who cares for Mary. It's the same God who cares for us. The separation of 2,000 years is nothing for the Lord. He's outside of time. And he gives us that same grace today for mothers to carry out that role. So it's important today, mothers, really important that we see here that your role is highly valued by God. It plays an important part of seeing his kingdom grow through families and through the community as we play that role to reflect who God is out through humble trusting in him and serving him. Sons and daughters, not mothers, sons and daughters, honour your mother. She's a gift from God. Sometimes you don't see that. Very often you don't see that. Daughters, when your mother talks to you in the bedroom and tells you what you're wearing isn't appropriate, it's not modest, it doesn't reflect the character of Christ through what you're wearing, please understand she's trying to help you grow in the gospel. She's not trying to crush you and push you down. And you want to have that argument in the bedroom right there and then. you got no idea, Mum. Everybody wears this stuff now. No. Mum's trying to help you grow in the character of Christ. And if she says, you need to go change those clothes, don't push back. Accept and understand that your mother is a gift from God. Don't push back. Sons... When your mother comes into the room and says, sorry, we're not going to watch that TV show, or sorry, we're not going to play that computer game anymore, don't push back. Don't say, mum, just get over it. This is not that bad. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's only on the screen. Argue, 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 argue. She's not trying to squash your life. She's not trying to sort of you know, push you back in a box. She's trying to help you have a pure mind and a pure heart that can magnify and glorify God. So please don't argue with your mother. See her as a gift from God to help shape you and grow you in the gospel through her nurturing and teaching and exampling. Husbands, love and honour the mother of your children. Appreciate the role that they do. Support them in the role they do, partnering together as you raise your children, as you both influence the children that God may have given to you. Support them, love them, care for them, understand the challenges they go through, the long hours, the hardship. I know when I was younger with my wife, I would be doing fairly long hours in the orchard. I'd come home at about six o'clock at night and she was done. And I was sort of done too, but I had no, no. I'll jump in and do what I can. I didn't always do it well enough, but it's actually appreciating that and say, no, husband, love and honour who is the mother of your children. Support them, encourage them, build them up in that. Now, as I close now, in saying that I realise there are some mothers who haven't been a good influence in our lives. Actually, some of you here might say, you've got no idea what my mother was like. It was nothing but hell. Now, I didn't experience a mother like that. I had a great mother. But what I would say is this. If you've had a mother like that, you can still love them and you can still respect them from a distance. It doesn't mean you need to be up close and personal if you can't heal that relationship. 
But from a distance, you can still love them and respect them despite the relationship you may have had with your mother. And here's what I would encourage you to do today. Maybe you haven't had contact with your mother for so long because of this gap or distance that may be there. Go down and buy a card and just write her there, I love you, Mum. And then send that card off. You just never know what God might do through something as simple as that. The Gospel gives us a beautiful picture of the wonderful and valuable role that God's given to us through mothers. Let's today thank God for mothers. Support our mothers. And the ones that are going through trials, the ones that are going through hurts, let's come alongside them. Let's come and pray for them. Let's encourage them. Let's build them up to see them carry out this wonderful role that they have of influencing the next generation to be faithful followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can come and uh, just reflect again on Mother's Day. Father, we thank you for the, the glorious role that you've given to us uh, to be able to support and love and encourage our mothers. We thank you, Lord, for the glorious role you've given to mothers. Lord, very much the unsung heroes, the quiet achievers in the background, Lord, the ones who spend many, many hours at home while everybody's out doing their work or at school or trying to juggle that plus some work as well. Father, I pray today, please, please bless and strengthen them in this task. Let them see, Lord, that they have a, a mighty influence in the life of their families. And I pray that through that, Lord, you would uh, let the gospel fulfill them with joy. Fill them with satisfaction, Lord. Fill them with purpose to carry out your purpose to model and shape Christ to the next generation, we pray. Lord, for those that are hurting today, we pray, strengthen and comfort them. Even to send their mum a text message or a card today, just to tell them they love them. Father, we thank you for that now. We do ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.